Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Hello, my name is Ed Clementi. I'm your host today for the show. And today I'm fortunate to have Dr. Brittany F. Alter-Kane, Executive Director of University Research Corridor. Welcome, Brittany. Thanks, Ed. Glad to be here. And uh, she's also not only does that, but we've known each other a long time. And <laughs> I don't know which job I met you first might have been at Spark or the Detroit Chamber or which one. Um, it was the Detroit Chamber. You yeah, were kind enough to do a spot for us in a video we were producing for Intern in Michigan at the time. Oh, yeah. 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 You got a better memory than me. Um Let's talk a little bit about the University Research Corridor because, you know, even though I know a lot of people who are the inside baseball people know what it is, it's sort of like if you meet somebody that's never heard of it before, what do you kind of tell them to give a definition for them? Uh, yeah, good question. So, um, you know, uh, the way I describe it is, what, is what we are. We are an alliance of Michigan's three largest research institutions. In fact, we're Michigan's only three. Carnegie classified R1s. There are only about maybe 118 in the nation, um, public and private, and our three are three of the public ones. And so, you know, it's fairly unique among states to have at least three R1s uh, and certainly three R1s that are public serving, but um, Michigan is one of those. And so, you know, when I describe what we do as this alliance is to really distinguish what it means, what's our value proposition for the state, how does the state benefit from having these three institutions? And so, um, and I will tell you, I shamelessly brag about each and every one of them every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So um, because they are the same in that they are public and they are ones, but they're very unique from each other and highly complex. So, for instance, you've got University of Michigan, which is the largest public research university in the nation and the second largest overall. They're behind just Johns Hopkins in terms of research. And you've got MSU, which is a premier land grant institution. Um, and then Wayne State, which is entirely in the city of Detroit and is one of the nation's premier urban serving institutions. So collectively, I like to say we would never have the reach we have but for MSU into every county. And we would not have the scale of research we do but for um, U of M. And we certainly wouldn't have the depth of impact we have in Michigan's large just city, but for Wayne State. So, um, so that's how I describe it. It's a pretty good cross section. I know. Uh, I'll get to this question a little later about how who else you benchmark yourself with. But yeah, is that unusual that we have like a urban, really sort of a sub? I don't know what 
U of M is, it's almost like a city state to itself, but, uh, and MSU really being more of an ag school, you know, historically, right. And Uh, historically, but I think, you know, one of the greatest assets they bring to the state, in addition to the fact that they're an excellent research institution is that through their extension. And that really helps provide that reach. Um, Wayne state is unique in that, you know, not a lot of cities have research universities of the scale. They are, um, that are truly dedicated um, to the city. Um, They're really focused on, you know, their leadership and their um, commitment as an anchor institution. Uh, And then, of course, you know, U of M, it's a global institution. And, um, yeah, it's massive. I I live in Ypsilanti and and, um, probably a couple people on the street who work for U of M, you know, I mean, it's it is it's quite large. Um, but that benefits the state as well. And again, having three R1s and three presidents who know each other well, as well as the leadership, um, we work closely with leaders in government relations, research, communications, tech transfer, and also business engagement. So, um, you know, it's, it's helpful for them to, they're all really driving at a lot of the same things and to be able to, um, communicate with one another and and share what they're doing is of value. And we do that through the URC too. So just a couple definitions. Um, R1 really means just it's a research university. It means it has so many faculties yeah. that do published papers or so the it, definition is. Yeah, the, the, there are several categories of universities. How do you categorize them? And Carnegie is probably the most well-known classification scheme for higher ed. And so an R1 simply means it is the most research intensive of institutions. So you have um, uh, research twos, which are um, also research intensive, but not at the same level. Um, as you would see with the R1. So for instance, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Michigan Tech is a, a, a research um, too, probably. Uh, and then you've got um, regional institutions and they're, they're, you know, and within each category, depending on where you're at, really does um, signal where their core competencies are and, and what their mission is and what their impact is likely to be. So yeah. Um, well, I wanted to touch on it just a little bit is that you also mentioned you don't have to go too deep of a dive on this, but tech transfer, because I think tech transfer is so critical, at least when I was in the legislature. I did a lot of bills to sponsor the tech transfer because the real long tail value sometimes of universities is that tech transfer. So you want to explain it to like the general public? Yeah. So, you know, there's I think I should start probably with the research side. Um, You know, our universities do um, research in many different fields. Some of that research is um, what we would call basic and it's just kind of pure science and and see what, you know. To, to understand things better, the, the phenom- different phenomena in different fields. Um, and then there's applied research, and that is really with the intention of developing a technology or innovation to solve a real-world problem. And so what technology transfer does is any innovation or technology um, or discovery is what it would be referred to um, in the tech transfer language is, is developed, they want to help um, move that technology where it can best be used by 
the intended users, whether that's um, like if it's a medical device, if it should be used in hospital settings or whatever its target is. Um, basically, it's moving whatever innovation and technology that we develop in our labs out into the marketplace where it can benefit society. You know, um, and I should probably get to this uh quickly is that, and you can probably explain it better than I can, but we're fortunate too. well, not fortunate, they had COVID-19, but we had three university presidents that are all medical doctors, right? And yes. I'm sure you guys really, I mean, you guys are very involved in, could you talk about some of that uh, research that paid off sort of during this COVID era we've been in? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, so we actually have my three institutions plus Oakland University headed by medical doctors. Um, it is a fairly unique thing nationwide. Medical doctors are not often find themselves in the position of president, but we have, you know, our three, they have been able to um, use their expertise. And I should say, you know, one is an expert in epidemiology. Another is an expert in infectious diseases and another is an expert in immunology. So not just medical doctors, but medical doctors with expertise and knowledge in areas that um, are so important to understanding COVID. And so, you know, they have certainly um, applied their expertise um, in managing their campuses, um, but also in terms of supporting the state and business, uh, the business community in lending, um, you know, uh, their contributions to various committees, whether it is, you know, the governor's task force on um, coronavirus and it's the Michigan coronavirus task force on um, racial disparities, which actually um, President Wilson at Wayne State is a nationally recognized expert in that space. Um, but they have also all served to help guide the uh, governor along with other leaders in industry and um, other key segments in in how best to be managing the state in fighting COVID. So um, that's that's been a key role. They've also rolled out a couple of opinion pieces through presidents in encouraging people to get the vaccine when it is available to them, um, which, of course, we're going to need some more of that for a while. Well, why don't you put a plug in for Dr. Wilson? You want to put the plug in for the other two presidents as well? Give their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, President Stanley at uh, Michigan State, you know, he's um, he, he 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 wasn't in his role at MSU for very long before COVID hit. But um, but he, you know, having been a president um, for 10 years prior to coming to MSU, he clearly had the experience. And I think we have we have benefited greatly from having him uh, in that role. And of course, um, President Schlissel at U of M, which, you know, one of the biggest things that has been a challenge for all three of the presidents, as well as the VPs for research in the community is what to do with research during COVID. And they had to uh, quickly ramp down a lot of labs and then find ways that were safe in slowly ramping back up the research enterprise. And so we're getting back at capacity. Um, but again, having all three presidents with that kind of expertise has been really helpful in, in managing um, campus operations in addition to lending their expertise at the state level. You're listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. 
Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. Yeah, and I want to just touch on a few things about all the different sort of uh, research papers I know you guys have been putting out, and I've been fortunate to sit in on a couple of your presentations, but you want to highlight some of those? Uh, which ones are you are you specifically uh, like the infrastructure about? one? Oh yeah, so so you know one of the things I've been really proud of is we went on an infrastructure tour following a, a report that we put out in 2018. We made six stops. We partnered with local hosts. Um, we brought in uh, experts from our universities around key infrastructure issues that that community was facing, whether it be broadband or. Um, sewer and uh, water or um, uh, energy, what, what have you, right? So we, we took a look at those things. Um, and it was really interesting. The local host then brought in experts from the community and from the state level. And the one that really stands out right now, given what we've experienced with COVID, is we were in Sandusky, Michigan, and we were at the ISD, and um, we had folks there from the Merit Network and Michigan Connect and our universities and the community talking about broadband access, um, which which is a critical issue in the Thumb region as well as across the state. And and it was really eye opening. The ISD, for instance, the state didn't know, but the ISD ended up actually kind of bootstrapping their own solution by creating these contraptions like bra-like contraptions on trees to put up um, wireless technologies to expand broadband. I'd like to say they were bra strapping, right? So, but, um, but that's what we were learning. And so by coming together, we are able to, to talk about what we're learning in our universities, talk about what the strategies were at the state and the community level, and hopefully come up with some greater solutions going forward. And there probably is, um, you know, that's that remains one of the most important infrastructure um, areas we need to get a handle on. And the pandemic put an exclamation point on that for all of us. Well, you're going to think this is a little crazy, but I've only got a few more questions for you. This okay. it goes by fast. Um, yeah. The, uh, you know, I know that um, the URC does a lot to sort of, uh, you know, uh, I say, and not the word groom, but you support talent, in, you know, with the university structure and mainly for private sector industries, correct? Do you, you want to, is that sort of, uh, is it, I might be paraphrasing. Well, I mean, I think it, de- I think it depends, right? Um, we are still the place too that are producing a lot of PhDs um, who go into uh, many different fields, industry included, but also our university systems and um, nonprofit uh, organizations and the like. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's all over um, talent. So, you know, we've got, um, it, it, we, we produce, you know, more than 36,000 uh, uh, graduates each year prepared for the 21st century. Um, many of them are in fields that are of critical nature, like mental health, right? Or um, uh, the medical field, which I've t- already talked about. You know, we know that in the state of Michigan, four out of 10 medical doctors um, got their degree, their medical degree from a URC institution. So, so those things matter. But we're also producing engineers, for instance. Um, we produce each year 
about 5,000 engineering degrees, half, <laughs> roughly half split uh, undergrad and half um, uh, at the graduate level, which is important at, at all levels um, in industry as well. And so, um, yeah, so that's, um, you know, we're, we're certainly preparing and we do work really hard to not only prepare talent that is in demand um, by industry and other uh, um, organizations, but we do work really hard to uh, introduce a lot of our talent to opportunities in Michigan. We engage with employers across the state to help access that talent. And I'm actually really glad um, that there is the new program, the uh, Michigan STEM Forward, which um, just was approved this week through the MEDC and MSF, that is going to be providing 425, 450 students with uh, STEM students in internships in small tech companies. That's the kind of thing that can really help us to make that connection between our talent and um, local companies. Um, you know, there were a few other studies too I wanted you to touch on, but was there a bioscience talent one? I don't, I know I'm reading this off your website, so we did a life science um, report a few years ago. I think one of the headlines of that that's interesting for the MEDC audience is to realize that um, when we went through the Great Recession, the only industry in Michigan to actually have added jobs was in life sciences. So every other industry lost, um, which just, you know, it's not our largest industry, but it is a really key industry for us. Um, and the good news about that with having the URC here in the state is that each year when we benchmark to the seven other university innovation clusters, the best of the best in the nation, it's part of how we keep ourselves honest year to year, how, we, how we're performing and stacking up. Uh, what can we brag on and what can we not? Right. Um, one of the one of the brag points, though, in this consistent year in and year out is that our universities together produce more um, medical talent than any of the other clusters we benchmark to. And that includes places like California, Silicon Valley and North Carolina's Research Triangle and Boston's Route 128. So that's um, we think that's that's really important, particularly given the industry here. The uh, one thing on the engineering, and I always heard this, but I don't know, you can could be an urban list, I mean, myth, but uh, like we have more engineers actually residing in the state of Michigan than other states do. Is that pretty much true? And I would imagine some of that fits into what you just said, I would guess. For yeah, yeah. So I did um, in 2018, I did a quick analysis just on degrees. So it's not people living here. I think some of our economic development partners have looked at that and it usually comes down between us and California and California is obviously like a really, really Big state. large state. Yeah. Um, but at least in terms of degrees conferred, you know, Michigan out of all of the um, universities producing engineering degrees, we rank fifth in, in the nation. Um, and I will tell you, if it, we're counting just URC degrees, if we were a state, we would be 11th ahead of places like Georgia and Virginia and North Carolina. So um, you're right. Engineering is huge here, um, but it's also the type of engineering which is really aligned well with our industries. So, Well, you mentioned some of my question. You already answered it, which was who we benchmark ourselves with. And yeah. I think you touched on those. The last question is 
going to be good for you because I know you're a pretty outdoorsy person, but what's your favorite favorite part about living in Michigan? I know you originally came from Ohio, but... uh, Are you allowed to tell people that? No, I don't usually, but no. (laughs) You love Michigan. I know you do now, so... I do. I do. Um, It's hard to... I I knew you were going to ask me this, and so I was thinking about it. Um, Where do I like to go? There are so many great places to go in the state. Uh, But, you know, the one that is kind of close to home for me and that I have spent a lot of time at is on the Pottawatomie Trail as part of the Pinckney Wreck. And um, I spent a lot of time hiking there. But um, I also, you know, I like I like to train for um, triathlon. So I do a lot of training out there running the trails and then doing some open water swims in Silver Lake. So I would say though that is probably my favorite thing to do in Michigan. And I have to say, um, if I hadn't had that opportunity to go out there during the pandemic, I might've lost it, but it was was a godsend. And I'm definitely looking forward to the, um, the other thing that is fun to do after you do a good workout at the Pato. And that is join friends um, at a local watering hole for a burger and a pint. So that would be nice. (laughs) It's coming. It's Um, coming. uh, You know, and I know your family, your husband's a coach for cross country, right? And your kids Mm -hmm. cross country too. So you guys spend a lot of time outside. I know that. Well, I want to thank you again uh, for taking the time to be here today. And once again, our guest was Dr. Brittany F. Alter-Kane, Executive Director for the University Research Corridor. Thanks again for being here, Brittany. Hey, Ed, thanks so much for having me. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion. 